Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX is The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Is no credentials required covering sports around the mighty 518. Part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. Here is your host, Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of No Credentials Required. This is episode 67. I do appreciate you joining me from wherever you're listening from. This podcast is part brought to you by Billy Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. Before we continue, just want to remind you about our socials on Twitter and Instagram. It's NoCredsREQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ, and on YouTube.com. Search No Credentials Required, hit subscribe, hit notifications. That way you know when new videos are up. If you're listening on the podcast side, Go ahead and subscribe. Share with your friends, especially if you're if you're in the Muddy 518. Share with a friend who might be interested in local pro sports. Uh, we typically cover the local scene for the Albany Empire, the Albany Firewolves. This summer, we're going to try to cover the Tri-City Valley Cats. We're also covering the Adirondack Thunder. So if you some, know somebody who's into pro sports or support, supports pro sports, and especially in the Muddy 518 area, the capital region of New York, let them know about this podcast. So on the podcast side, subscribe wherever you find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, wherever you find podcasts. And if you can, leave a rating, leave a review, five-star five star ratings preferred. You can also write a review, and we might even read it on the air. 
and quickly before I get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, just want to remind you about our friends at Mohawk Honda, who is a partner with us at Godzilla Media. Listen, it's February. February is a weird month in the in the uh, Capital District area. The weather could be 55 degrees one day and then snowing and minus five the next day. So as you might have might as you as you know. It's going to snow on Friday, and that means you might need yourself a reliable vehicle to get around town in, and that's where you go to Mohawk Honda. Even though it's February, they still want to help you meet your budget and help your New Year's resolutions of getting a car. Stop in the Mohawk Honda, check out their broad selection of pre-owned inventory. They're there to right, find the right make, model, and price point to fit your budget. Their goal is to help you meet your goals. So go visit Louis the VIP Man Morales, Jake Hot Sauce Doyle, Cars with Kern Swoboda, or Mark from Clifton Park, Ellis Jr. connect you with the perfect deal. Right now is a perfect time to get top dollar for your trade-in with the Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. That's right. Same day check in your hand the day you trade in your vehicle. Just ask for Brian, buy with BMAC McKenna, Mike Bennis, Nicole Oser, or Cam. Let's do a deal McKenna. You could also ask for my guy, Easy Evans Whalen. Again, all of Mohawk Honda's sales and listing consultants will make your February automotive goals their top priority. Start the new year right with just the right deal at Mohawk Honda in Glenville. You can visit them at the store or you can visit them online at mohawkhonda.com. Go to Mohawk Honda where they'll always go out of their way to please you. So episode 67 is going to be another Friends with Ryan installment. This time I bring in Zach Kalman. He is a, a podcast host. He's a football enthusiast. He loves the game of football. So this episode we're going to discuss the USFL, which I'm very excited about, and also talk about the National Arena League, where we talk about a little bit of Empire, a little bit of what's going to happen this season. We also discuss the new Ironman rules that are going into effect. So if you're a football fan, this is a must listen for you. Keep listening and enjoy this Friends with Ryan episode with Zach Kalman. Thank you for being a friend. You got friend in me. But you say he's just a friend. And you say he's just a friend. Oh. This is the Friends with Ryan segment, only on No Credentials Required. And welcome to No Credentials Required. You are listening to the, or if you're watching on uh, Belly Up TV, this is the Friends with Ryan segment where both fr- with friends, both old and new, come to talk about sports. And we've got a special guest this week. Well, again, the second time this week. <laughs> Earlier in the week, we had my buddy Slovak and Gaz. We also had uh, Matt from the Rambling About Racing podcast talk about our sports movies. Today, we're going to talk about the USFL. And the National Arena League uh, here in Albany, we got the National Arena League champion Albany Empire. And I figured since uh, we were talking about some indoor football, might as well bring on a guest who's sort of an expert on that thing. That's that's Zach Kyleman. So let's go talk to him. Zach, how are we doing today, bud? I'm doing great, man. It's been a it's been a pretty hectic day, uh, at least USFL wise. Um, yeah, final day of the draft. <laughs> all things are kind of wrapped wrapped up for the main players being assorted to the eight new teams uh won't go into too much detail because i want you to introduce that in but yeah, yeah it's been it's been a crazy day um a lot of tracking of players heck like hectic announcements on social media for that 
Yeah, it's, it's been it's it, it, you mentioned it's, it's been kind of crazy with the draft and uh, the draft has been completed and I'm looking at the, my my New Jersey Generals draft mm-hmm. uh, uh, draft picks. We got but let's specifically talk about the quarterbacks first because this was actually a really unique draft in that you didn't pick necessarily by who's available. You picked by position first. So in the first round. You had quarterbacks. Second round, you had edge. Third round, offensive tackle. Fourth round, quarterback, and so on and so forth. But let's talk about the quarterback positions first of all. Uh, my New Jersey Generals talked. Uh, we they selected Ben Holmes from Tarleton State, and they picked up DeAndre Johnson, who, for those of us who watched the series and uh, shameless plug, I had Brittany Wagner on last year as a guest. So go okay. and check that out. Check that, check that episode out. But we had an EMCC alum, that would be DeAndre Johnson, uh, who kind of bounced around the, the college football landscape. They, he was selected by the Generals. So, but, mm-hmm. but speaking about the quarterback position, period, because that's what we kind of want to focus on right now. Uh, Zach, talk about the quarterback position. Talk about some of the quarterbacks that were selected during the draft and which ones kind of surprise you, which ones do you think kind of fit with their team? Yeah, so I want to want to clarify here with the USFL. One thing that was coming in with this draft, nobody knew every player that was coming into the pool. Um, there were about ninety-four to a hundred players that had announced publicly that they had been signed contracts to then be drafted. But there were about four hundred to fifty five hundred four hundred to five hundred players that were waiting, and we were kind of seeing who was going to show up. So yeah. the quarterbacks as well were flown down to Birmingham for night one. They were told they were picked in the draft, the first round QBs, but they didn't know what team. So they treated Mm -hmm. it like it was kind of an NFL style draft where like you have to dress up, you have to go formally to the event, you walk up to the podium, you hold your jersey and everything. And I'll go through these eight quarterbacks, at least for round one. Um, Number one overall, Shea Patterson, those that are familiar with uh, University of Michigan, had a solid mm-hmm. career out there. He's jumped around from the CFL as well and was in the Spring League, which kind of has some connections to this version of the USFL. Number two, your Tampa Bay Bandits. They selected Jordan Ta'amu. So Todd Haley yep. gets his RPO-heavy QB um, from Old Miss. Uh, has had a few stops in the NFL. But in the XFL, he really shined in 2020. Again, very mobile, good RPO scheme QB. Number three here, Philadelphia Stars, Brian Scott. Now, D3 product, that doesn't mean that he's not successful. He had a great stint with the Spring League in the winter of 2020. Uh, Many that have scouted him have considered him, quote, the Aaron Rodgers of Division III football. Um, Dude has a cannon of an arm, is mobile, uh, is a good product that they're picking up, and that's Bart Andrus coaching the Philadelphia Stars. The Michigan Panthers, by the way, for those who don't remember, that is Jeff Fisher who is going to be coaching that roster. Number four, and this is for you, Ryan, Ben Holmes, New Jersey Generals. You mentioned DeAndre Johnson as your backup there. Uh, Funny enough, both of those two played, again, Spring League connection. They played on the same roster in the Spring League, Uh, so they both get to be reconnected. Um, Mobile QBs, um, mainly they were known in that that time frame as their scramble ability, Uh, but the Generals, at least, you're going to get – a little bit of an explosive offense. Mike Riley is known for a lot of downfield passing games, so I imagine they're going to be pushing the field with Ben Holmes there. Number five, Clayton Thorson had a successful career at Northwestern. He was drafted by the Gamblers, who were coached by Kevin Sumlin. Expect, uh, I would say, very much RPO-esque offense, uh, very much downfield passing game being the presence, maybe a little more spread 
with that too. Uh, mm-hmm. Six, the Stallions, who are Skip Holtz led. That's Alex Magoo from FIU. I know that kind of rhyme. It's funny how that rhymes. It's a nice rhyming scheme. <laughs> exactly. Dual threat QB uh, had kind of like an underrated diamond in the rough prospect coming out of college. Mm-hmm. He gets a chance to shine. Same goes for number seven, Kyle Laletta who was coming from from the Giants. Yeah, mm-hmm, coming from Richmond. Yep. Um, same deal. Came out of college, had really impressive stats at Richmond for the Spiders, one of my favorite mascots in all college football, or at least team identities. Um, and really put up some solid passing numbers. He's going to get a chance to finally get in and have a starting position at a professional level. And another guy, similar type of scenario, but has had his moment in the sun with the Broncos, at least for a spell. Kyle Sloter coming over here to the new Orleans breakers. That was the final Mm. of the entry beginning round QBs. Um, The only other one that really made a big splash in the QB game. I mean, you had other guys like Zach Smith from Tulsa. You got Josh love Jamar Davis, Smith, Kenji Bahar, case cook Brady white, but the big one that ended the night late for some that stayed up, they got a treat. Paxton Lynch will be in this league. Yeah, yeah. He's picked he was, up for the Panthers, my guys yep. that I'm repping. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, QB battle already. People are already assuming Lynch is going to overtake Patterson. And I'm like, all right, if that's what you feel, I don't know. I still think that you're going to be valuing round selection here. But so at least a few names that are recognizable, some that you're going to have to get used to and maybe do some research. But I will say – Overall, I liked the class. Some of them were surprises. I didn't think we're going to be there. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to see it. Diamond in the rough people. That's what the USFL is trying to find. Now, kind of transitioning from quarterback to, to the rest of the position field, uh, what's your feeling about Michael Scott from Scranton, Pennsylvania, being <laughs> selected by the Tampa Bay Bandits? <laughs> well, hilarious. The good sure. gifts the, the gifts that came out of that. And I, I joined I know. one as well. hilarious for sure i'll tell you what though like after after getting down (laughs) getting a little bit uh you know kind of cooled down there after chuckling at myself a little bit i'll tell you dude has a motor at the at the defensive end there he is Mm -hmm. i i like the pick for the bandits you know that's fun that's a fun thing they did here with this first day they kind of went for all the essentials at least what considered i would think valuable to the framework of a team working Mm -hmm. out you know, you start out with quarterbacks, defense, what's the best way to, you know, deter a quarterback, get to the pa- passer himself with the rushers on yep. the ends for the next few rounds. Then mm-hmm. what's the best way to deter that your offensive, offensive tackle. tackle, you know? So they yeah. did a lot of the key, like, you know, framework type of pickups for this first day. Uh, but no, Michael Scott's got a good motor. I like to see like Carlo Kemp going to Pitt- Pittsburgh for the Maulers, a Michigan product himself, you know, it's happy to see that too. Uh, Chase Demore, who had a great, time in the spring league he was on the championship team for what was known as the mega bowl last spring mm-hmm. uh for the lineman who that was coached by uh, how mummy uh had a great job playing with them too um there have been a few names a lot a lot of spring league ones for myself or xfl guys have been noticing that get picked up have been sliding through this um and a lot of dudes that you know either didn't get the schools noticing them in the, in the nfl or power five guys getting a second chance yeah, I it's 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 funny because I you know and from, from what I remember back because I'm all, I'm old enough to remember the old SF uh, USFL yeah with all the crazy stories that happened I, I don't know if you got a chance to read Jeff Perlman's book uh, I think it was, was a football for a dollar I think it was called uh, yeah fo- football for a buck for a buck football for a buck is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some I, of the yeah. crazy stories from that and 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 also the doc the thirty for thirty documentary which was kind of 
kind of took you in a short way behind the scenes, but this one went into detail about the, the league and all the movement and all that. But it, it doesn't seem like obviously we won't have it because he got $150 million guaranteed from Fox uh, to as an investment to develop this league. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, are we going to eventually see individual owners or you just, or do you think it's going to be like single ended single, single entity, like the arena football league was before that went under. So the way that they're describing this so far is that it's going to be an MLS style of ownership, uh, similar, similar, the way the MLS wor- works and what, or at least I guess the way the USFL is going to do it in similar light is the league still owns the teams. What they're looking for is they want investors that can get involved on a local level per team that then report essentially back to Fox is how it is. So you're going to be essentially franchising out each each organization, but not not in the sense of like an NFL where you fully own the team. You just happen to be in the league and you share, of course, you share revenues and all that. You know, so so it's kind of like. A, like a restaurant, like a chain restaurant or a fast food restaurant. Like that's a good way of like, doing it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's actually you think of in, in terms of uh, in terms of ownership here exactly. from what you're from what you're saying, Zach. So I don't mean to interrupt you, but keep going. Keep, no, no, keep, no, you, no, going. Ryan, you, you're that's a perfect way of saying it. Like the MLS does it a similar similar fashion as well. So that mm-hmm. you, you are basically they're trying to get folks invested in these teams and say like, hey, we want you guys to run this on a local level, but you got to report back to us. You know, we give you all this stuff and assets for it but we still have the overall ownership. You know, you get to, of course, connect with the audiences locally. Like, for example, uh, it was said that they were talking, they actually had discussions, somewhat rumored, somewhat confirmed that they were talking with uh, Alex Rodriguez to possibly be an investor in the New Jersey Generals. Um, There's been preliminary preliminary talks to find a arena for the Michigan Panthers for next year. Uh, Pittsburgh, those talks haven't taken place, but, you know, they're looking into it. And essentially, each one of these teams... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. There's no concrete plan for what year two is. The only thing that we know is that no matter what, you're going to see some teams in you might see some teams in Birmingham again in this hub. But ideally, if they can plausibly do this where they can control their growth to not completely blow out their budgets and do it where they can get people in the stands, get the TV views, they'll have all eight teams in the markets, hopefully by next year. And then you can go to those games in your local market and go and sell, you know, not just watch them on television, you know, otherwise got to travel to Birmingham this season, but they're wanting to slowly jump into this as much as possible. It's not about going into the red and coming back out in the black a few years down the way where you're finally making profits after going through so many after several years of losing money, they want to control it and make it to where they slowly just keep moving profits or making profitability for themselves. So that they, it's, it's a fascinating setup. It's, it's not, it's not what I would say traditionally how they do it because most leagues just put their teams in their markets. Away we go. 
So right. it's been a little bit of a, I would say, growing pains type of thing for fans to go, okay, we can support these guys. It's just got to wait. You know, Fox is trying to look at this and do it differently. That's the only thing. Okay. Now, keep a, keeping the topic of teams playing in the specific cities in 2023, I know with the XFL coming up, they'll, they'll start their season next in, well, tentatively start their season in 2023, the week mm-hmm. after the Super Bowl, like they did in 2020. Uh, I figured the USFL is probably going to start the same, not the, not the same time, but uh, probably a couple months afterwards in April. Uh, so if I wanted to go see a New Jersey Generals game or a New York Guardians game, okay. Would would you think that had to be like both schedule at MetLife Stadium, or would one have to play at Red Bull Arena right down the road in Harrison, and one play at MetLife? What I mean, what, 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 it's, a, it's a tough, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough decision to make. Yeah, tough call. Uh, look, when the Guardians were playing at MetLife, a lot of that was due because Vince McMahon just wanted a, the biggest venue there. He wanted to go yeah. go there and grab it, and it it turned out, hey, you know wasn't the best choice at least visually you know a lot of those checkerboard seats were very much showing on the broadcast yeah and and metlife stadium is kind of sterile as an i've been to metlife a bunch of times it's a very sterile cookie cutter stadium i've never been but i can kind of see what you're saying uh at least based on the photos i've seen i'm like it looks all right (laughs) you know um (laughs) i mean don't, don't get me wrong like hey you know if people like it that's fine. I'm from Indiana, never been. So, but I'm just telling you from what I've seen, that's my mm-hmm. opinion. Now, what I liked with the XFL, they tested out with a few of the soccer stadiums. You know, the Wildcats were out there were playing where the LA Galaxy were playing back in right. California. Oh, and Carson Meanwhile, or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, Carson. Yes, Carson, Carson City there. Um, and then with the DC, with, of course, the DC Defenders, they were playing at Audi Field. So the thought was if the league, the XFL, last time it played, the thought was they would go and maybe for at least the general or for the guardians, they would go to Red Bull arena because they were looking into trying to maybe get out of, you know, MetLife, find venues that yeah. look better on TV and yeah. you know, Red Bull seats 25. It's biggish for yeah. the MLS, but it's still I, a good size. I, I've been to Red Bull too. I've been to Red Bull arena. I was a season. I was a season supporter in 2016. Okay. And I've, gone, I've gone to a couple. So I've gone to a few games. So I, I think it would have been, a, I think it would have been more appropriate for the XFL or even the USFL coming up next year, if they have, uh, if they can rent out an MLS stadium for a season, or if it works out with, I mean, I, I know that won't conflict, and I know it won't conflict with the with MLS because Red Bulls or whoever plays in MLS, they play on both weekdays and weekends, mm-hmm. so you could have those Saturdays or Sundays whenever they play available, uh, depending on the schedule. It's going to be a lot of schedule jockeying is what you're going to see. Cause yeah. even with the, so for example, in your scenario, um, if let's say the guardians do come back, because that's the thing we're still waiting on seeing what these teams are. I'm mm-hmm. assuming because of the market size, New York is, I don't see them going away from New York. The question yeah. is because New Jersey, New Jersey is just going to be, the generals are going to basically be based near New York. It's still going to be the New York market, even though it's the New Jersey generals, you're not going to put them in Trenton. You're going to put them closer to NYC. If I'm right. being Frank, that's what yeah. they did back in the day. So, yeah, you know, what's going to happen is to me, I think they both look at Red Bull Arena and they go, okay, we saw what MetLife did with the XFL, either us as the XFL or as the USFL who televised it via Fox. Let's go to Red Bull. 
So the XFL get a first dibs. They can play. What's going to be confuddling is there's like a two-ish week mesh that will happen. You know, mm-hmm. more playoffs for the XFL is what's probably going to happen. But say that the Guardians, if they return, are a playoff team. Well, you might have to have some schedule schedule flip-flops, and you might have to talk with the two leagues. But in theory, as long as you can balance it out with the Red Bulls, mm-hmm. things should work out. So you could you could see that happen. And both of them, I think, want to see a venue that looks good for TV. Fox specifically wants that because part of the reason why they're doing the hub, it's a focus on the TV numbers and product to make it look good for those watching at home. Right. The, you don't, you don't view, have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about attendance at different right. stadiums because it might be because some fans might be fickle uh, to go out to see an unproven product. Well, and think about this too, Ryan, down in Birmingham. Now, I don't know if this will happen in every market now because things could change after a year, especially if you put a team out in a different city and you have other costs to deal with. So ticket prices might go up for this year, though, $10 general admission tickets to go to the opening game on April 16th. You can't beat that. I mean, I I bought I bought two tickets. I bought two tickets for my co-host on the USFL podcast with Mm -hmm. the fees for thirty two dollars. And that, oh. that'll get you into the stadium to watch that. And that game's going to be simulcasted on NBC and Fox at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be a massive broadcast for them. Uh, probably won't be the same if they move to a city, but you got to imagine if it's TV focus first, they want to make sure butts are in seats to make it look good on yeah. TV. So they're going to make it where it's cost. It's going to make it where it's like what we can do for the threshold in the New York market, I guess, is how yeah. I would assume. And they'll probably try and do it like Red Bull's perfect. And I think soccer stadiums for these leagues, the XFL experimented. They knocked out of the park. I thought with Audi field for sure. And Red Bull, I think would be a great venue for a market. I mean, they were sitting 12 to 17,000 like for the, for the two home games that the guardians had before they went under. So Mm -hmm. that still looks all right in a soccer stadium or for a broadcast in a soccer stadium. Yeah. I mean, for me, I was hope. I mean, last year we talked. There was a lot to talk about the XFL and CFL having a partnership, but I figured yes. they would combine because you have nine, you, you got eight XFL teams, you got nine CFL teams. I figured there would be a one. We'll go back to to the nineties where we have the the US the uh, CFL having the US expansion, but they expanded to markets that are a already in place and b uh, have teams already set up. So I right. have to, don't have to worry about the stadium. But the only thing is that you don't have to worry about is the field length, the field dimensions, because CFL noticeably larger, 150 yard, 150 <laughs> by 65. So um, without a doubt. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, I would, I would, I would foresee, I would have seen it be at, X, at MLS stadiums. Cause you got one already set up in New York with the, with the, with the Red Bulls, Washington, mm-hmm. same thing with at Audi field, St. Louis, I think, they're going to have an expansion team for MLS either next year or the year after, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that, that stadium is either close to or is about to be finished. Um, so they're coming up real quick. I, I, I talked to a lot of St. Louis guys I met via the Battle Hawks in 2020, and they, they're thrilled to have an MLS team coming to town. Uh, that's going to be pretty big. Although they still, if the Battle Hawks, it's more when the Battle Hawks come back for the right. 2023 iteration, they still want to play in the dome because. Mm-hmm. Before they were double sell, sell out. Oh, of course. Well, think about this. Yeah. They were going to sell 50,000 tickets before that mm-hmm. for that next game. They were going to probably sell out the dome by the end of the season. That's how popular they were when they went under. Yeah. And actually, I just, I just looked it up. St. Louis City SC will begin play in 2023 
and they do have a planned 20, 22,500 seat so- soccer specific stadium. And from I'm looking at the looking at some of the drawings, it looks pretty nice. Yeah, I I've seen some a few friends of mine have shared photos. It does look good. Like the construction, it makes it look really pretty for the downtown area. You know, not a bad choice. I I I, I like that. I like that buildup. Is what I'm, what I'm telling you. You know, yeah. um, MLS. It's amazing how much I know. I don't. It's kind of a side skew of this, but it's like looking mm-hmm. at like soccer stadiums for like potential alt foot and spring football leagues. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe how much MLS has expanded in recent years. They just, yeah, it's so exponential. Yeah. I mean, build, building up from, I think it was 10 franchises in 96 mm-hmm. when they started. And now it's a 20 something team league. That's pushing and 30. I think it's pushing, it is pushing 30. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, but I see that growth and hopefully again, you have one of these two, one of these two leagues, whether it be the USFL or the XFL, utilize that stadium because I, I think I think I don't think the rent would be cheaper. I, I mean, I think it should be. You know, MetLife. Yeah. I mean, that's a big venue. You got to cover up. Venue. I mean, they they probably want to make sure. You know, if you're saying we're putting a full game and you're like, okay, well, who you're going to cover all these vendors and costs? Like, you know, we're gonna. I mean, we like with the dome in St. Louis, you had to like certain levels. They could only open up for certain personnel. So like, you know, MetLife would be like, you're going to do just lower bowl. We're going to, yeah. you know, there, there's probably a little more there like MLS wise. And at least usage, I bet Red Bull could use a little bit more of that. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not hundred percent familiar with the, you know, event scene in New York, in the New York, like New Jersey, like Northern New Jersey, Market, Metro, Metro, New York, Metro, New Jersey. York. Yeah. That's why I call it because I'm a Jets fan, too. And people say, oh, they play New Jersey. No, it's Metro <laughs> New York slash New Jersey. It, it, ugh, it, drives me, it kind, of, kind of drives me crazy. But well, I'm, but I'm I, glad you yeah, cleared I mean, it. <laughs> it oh, I, I'm happy to clarify that for you. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, but no, I, I, like I said, I've been to Red Bull Stadium. I was a season supporter for the Red Bulls in 2016. I, I it's a great, it's a, it's a, it's a nice stadium. It's a beautiful state. It's a beautiful arena. It's a beautiful stadium. Uh, it's got, it's got a kind of a, like, it, it, it kind of looks like uh, from the top, it looks like Irving stadium uh, back in the day of the Dallas Cowboys stadium okay. with okay. the, with the, with the, with the dome with, with that as the, but it has the, uh, the opening at the top. So if it rains or if it snows, the el- you're, the fans are protected from the elements. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be ideal for March or for April uh, when, we get a lot whether the snow continues or if there's uh if there's rain, uh, but that's just that's my that's my point of view. I mean, I'm hoping that you know the, the leagues won't mesh together too much, and we'll have we'll have plenty of football. I mean, football's going football is dare I say it the the, the national pastime now. It's it's replaced it baseball is. as a national pastime. I I won't I can argue pe- with people with that, but. It's hard to say it's not. I mean, just I know the NFL is kind of the baseline for people like that's their football league because it's yeah. it absorbs so much in the room, uh, yeah. all the oxygen for that space. It's but, it's they stay they stay relevant in the in the postseason. Right. I mean, just just look at that league why. alone. And then if you want to compare even the XFL, their XFL games beating out like high profile NBA and NHL games last year. Like yep. football is king, no matter what the level. If it's outdoor, indoor football, you and I know. Like we wish it grows, you know, but, you know, in terms of outdoor, I mean, you get a good quality looking product on screen. There's people that miss the sport that want to just watch football and see some guys play. It's mm-hmm. that simple. You're going to get a few million, especially if you advertise, you'll get a few million on screen. Yep. 
Yeah, I remember back in the day, the the USFL spring football. It was uh, the first season. I think they were average. I think they averaged a ten eight or eleven five. Oh yeah, for the, every single game that season. Yeah, two thousand two thousand ones. They they like blew numbers out of the water to start, and then you know, unfortunately, they did not think about the football quality was the problem yeah. with that one. The last iteration right. in twenty twenty, they had all the stuff right. Yep. You know, just got knocked out early for th- for it for one reason or another you know lousy pandemic but <laughs> uh, yeah yeah what could have been what could have been or no what's gonna well what's gonna come i mean in 2023 we don't we don't know the specifics but i know they have a they just announced a, a partnership with the nfl that's the XFL big did and that's that is huge that if is anything huge. it's just for the pr angle saying the nfl's in your corner because Daryl Moose Johnston, who is the vice, who's the vice president of football operations for the USFL, he's already acknowledged like they're looking forward to competition. They know mm-hmm. the XFL is their competition. So having that in your corner saying, hey, we're uh, we we're testing the NFL stuff up, by the way, you know, we, a big brother back here's <laughs> looking to support <laughs> us. What you got, you know, it's a that's a big step in towards the credibility and it, it really Winning NFL fans over with these leagues is so much of the challenge. You know, yep. so many people are so steadfast that it has to be NFL football or the the purity of college is what I hear too, where it's like, you know, it's just it's the it's these young talents, you know, <laughs> than that. And then you hear about the feeder league things where it's like, well, the college is the feeder league of the NFL. I'm like, well, then why do all these other leagues have G leagues and spring and spring and like extra stuff on the side? Don't yeah, give why, me that. Why is that why is there why is there a why is there a junior system in Canada? Why is there uh minor league baseball this is why i don't like that argument because yep. the nfl is the only one that doesn't have it and i'm not arguing that the nfl's got to have it but give me an alternative or something that can continue like that's why these yeah. are great the cfl's been a great like discovery for me last year you know yeah. but that's still you know it's it's a little different for some people and it, it's harder ish to find the games you know it's, it's still easy enough with espn plus but mm-hmm still harder ish. You don't get all the games, you know, give me something in the States that I can watch that. Right. You know, I can watch right after the Super Bowl, just like these. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that that's what NFL Europe was too. I mean, don't think, but again, it's coming back to the availability mm-hmm. with NFL Europe. You got maybe what, two games a year on Fox and the rest were on NFL network or right. Yeah. Yeah. And with, with the NFL, so thing with the XFL partnership here is, you know, the NFL is not, buying their business up or supporting it directly like the the ex like danny garcia who's running the help running this operation with dwayne the rock johnson and redbird capital mm-hmm. you know they've stated heavily this is still our business we just have an agreement to you know do things for the nfl if they want to like test other items with them that we are developing the game so right they're not really making my understanding is they're not really making money off this deal so you still got to support yourself you still have to get through those costs. Remember, as I said earlier, the XFL is doing the traditional startup model where it's all the cities, all the teams there, at least that we understand that's what they're doing. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. And you're going to have to fight through the red downs to get through the ups with the black on your financial scales. It's going to have to happen that way. So two fascinating economic models. I love this part of these two competing just to see which one prevails under better circumstances and a lot more understanding of your markets and how these, you know, situations work out. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to see, do we know what the XFL's TV uh, deals? Are they going to go with ABC and ESPN again? Yeah, we don't know yet, but the, the leading theory is it's going to be ABC and ESPN because of what's available you know, NBC and Fox partnering up, it kind of Fox. I mean, they're not going to do it now. It, it's they, they own the league They're It's competitive competition. I would, I think everyone would lose their mind to Fox for some reason that XFL games on went, yeah. okay, now ours is on. And, you know, did that uh, NBC people were like, well, maybe they double dip. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if they'll double dip with a prevailing contract with their, with a rival company. So, and CBS, they, they have March madness as well as yeah. they've, they don't really care to dip March, their toes. Like March, March Madness, the Masters. They tried it with the AAF, and that we remember, yeah. remember how that they, unfortunately yeah, they, that happened. They did the launch game, which did really well, but right. you know March Madness plus CBS Sports Network. It's just not. Yeah. It's not really worth it. Like it's not the people, same. People don't go <laughs> to it. You know. <laughs> no, no. Unless you're a Conference USA football fan or a, mm-hmm. a, a what a, a Mountain West football fan. No right. really going and to even CBS sports network and even in conference USA. I mean, I know I've had a few people that were like, you want to talk conference USA? I'm like, sure. This is interesting. I'm not as much okay. a college guy, but let's have fun. <laughs> and then like you look into it and you go, Oh, CBS sports hasn't really been a fun deal for them. Oh, this isn't as big as that. They could u- use it for their conference. <laughs> yeah. I could understand why this is a problem. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I wouldn't want to deal with CBS in that case. And CBS doesn't want a part of it. It seems in their right so you're kind of stuck with the other three and ABC is mm-hmm. the last one standing unless you do it just cable networks. But even then that's, that's kind of a risk. You know, you can't yeah. just do cable. You have to have a broadcast option. That's over the air. ABC is okay. your final bastion. Yep. ABC ESPN. They're definitely, mm-hmm. are definitely the ones. I mean, they, they were pretty successful in the original. I mean, well, the yeah, second iteration one, I'll call it, I'll, I'll call it XFL 1.5. Yeah. So we, we call it, we call it one, two and 3.0, 2.0, 1.0 <laughs> is the 01, 2.0 is 2020, 3.0 mm-hmm. is now what we're dealing with going into 2023. Okay. Now, do you have any, now I'm, like I said, I've, I'm old enough to remember the old USFL. Do you have any questions for me about any memories I've had, I had, or. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I am fascinated by the original because of mm-hmm. it really takes me into saying this could work like that as much as some of the financial mess ups they had, you know, the yeah. back end crap that they dealt with. It showed me that there's enough talent, like just wait, read watching games, even knowing that they had some Heisman guys, like even the guys that weren't the Heisman guys or the ones they didn't overpay from the NFL. Like there's people that can play football and there's people that want to watch the sport outside mm-hmm. of the of the fall so i'm like that league makes me say that this can work 
you know, yeah. even though the landscapes changed a ton in almost 40 years now. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what do you got? Like, I mean, generals, obviously, I mean, I'm assuming, assuming you've been, of course, living still in New York all your life, in New well, York area all well, your life. Then, Well, actually when I was, when the USFL started, I was, well, I was born in New Jersey. I was still living there. Okay. And I remember, I just remember distinctly that this was, this was New Jersey. This was only New, New Jersey's only their second uh, professional team. The, the Devils came in a few months before yep. uh, the before the uh, USFL started, and then the USFL started that I think that March. And right. I remember Donald Trump signing Brian Sipe, and they brought mm-hmm. in Herschel Walker, and then the next year they brought in Doug Flutie, and it yep. was so much fun. Just to watch those guys, watching watching Herschel Walker set the USFL rushing record. I unfortunately I didn't go to any of the games. I was only six or seven years old at the time, <laughs> and I and my parent my parents went to one game with my aunt and uncle, and they it, they thought it was going to be a, a, a nice spring day, but it actually turned out to be a, a blizzard and <laughs> it snow flying in their face. It was tough to watch the game, right? But from what I remember from that league from New Jersey, it was New Jersey's. It was it was our professional football team. And we had That's a professional cool. team to call our own who played in New Jersey. Not, I mean, we had the, we had the Giants and the Jets, big deal. But th- those were New York teams to us. Mm-hmm. But this was our own professional sports team. And I just remember that so succinctly. My dad still, my dad still remembers the Generals and he enjoyed that league so much. Uh, he was sad, he was sad to see it go when they lost that court case back in 1986. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about that. Everything I've looked on that court case, it's kind of funny. If they had, if the argument had been a little bit different on how they approached it, they could have actually walked away with the money that they were looking for. Yep. Just uh, the way they approached it was that, you know, they had offers from EA, ABC and ESPN at the time that would have yep. been sizable broadcast deals. And they chose to walk away and then claim that they were being pushed out by the NFL, which you know, that doesn't look great for a monopoly case. So, you know, you're not going to help yourself, but even though the NFL had done practices like that, that didn't mean they were going to get the damages because the, again, that deal, but you know, I, the generals, it's, they, they're really the ones I think that most people remember with the USFL just for, you know, Donald Trump, Doug Flutie, you Mm -hmm. know, Herschel Walker for crying out loud really is the most, if not Donald Trump's just influence on the league, you know, uh, bandit ball always comes up when I talk about that because people love Steve Spurrier and company and, you know, the songs, Burt Reynolds owning part of the team, you know? Yeah. John Bassett also is one of the most colorful guys I've ever researched in terms of yep. the league. Like, dude just loved the concept until the day he died, you know, as a team owner. So, mm-hmm. you know, really it, some way, some of them like, you know what? He saw a vision and it was there, just couldn't execute it because of, you know, people got, unfortunately, couldn't be as successful as ba- the Tampa Bay market was, you know? No. And, and and Philadelphia slash Baltimore, the stars themselves, they could I remember the documentary on ESPN, the 30 for 30, and also reading the book Football for a Buck. These guys could have been, they, they could have competed with the, the NFL's best team. Yes. That team was stacked. We just had uh, Sam Mills, who was one of those legends on the stars, mm-hmm. go to the Hall of Fame. You know, yeah. and I, there were some people that were, that are USFL guys, like uh, folks over at the USFL project that were crying out, like, hey, can we get some representation for our, our league like dude started out there you know yep so i mean that's just it is how it is but nonetheless like yeah that team could have competed and gone for championship jim mora was a hell of a coach at that time jim mora was a great coach you know and they could have won three championships just you know the panthers were in the way one in walk-off yeah. fashion in 1983 yep. you know so 
yeah, that's good stuff. They had a great beginnings in the eighties and 84, you know, anything I look up with the, all the rapid expansion, all the new teams, you know, you get Jim Kelly and Steve young in there as well. Reggie white mm-hmm. coming in with the showboats, like yep, all this talent that's sitting there and what became NFL hall of famers later yeah. on in their careers. And- and the fact that two teams literally traded their entire teams from one place to another one, because one the owners one. switched teams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I grew up near Chicago. I Again, I didn't grow up in that era. I'm only like 26, mm. so I was more in the 90s. But, you know, gotcha. looking back at that where it's like, yeah, we, uh, the guy who was in Chicago, he just wanted to move there. He wanted to move to Arizona. Yeah. And he wanted warmer weather. He didn't like the market. Yeah, we'll just trade the whole roster. We'll, yeah, we'll trade the rosters. yeah we're, sorry we'll, yeah we'll just trade rosters no big deal and teams and then sure enough the guy that got the blitz bailed on the league yeah. and the league had to basically manage the blitz and then close them at the end of the year because they had no one to replace <laughs> like <laughs> just, seriously I think that's the wildest one I heard and that was part of uh like that was part of just researching and then also Perlman's write up I need to still read it honestly yeah, um I've watched small potatoes I've watched yep. small potatoes so that is a great thirty for thirty. Um, and I love all the personalities, like getting to hear Burt Reynolds talk about it and how like he loved owning that team. Like he was he did. He truly loved the USFL and like him and John like had a great relationship. It sounded like just from that documentary. Yeah. You know, and, and the fact that you use Lonnie Anderson, who's who's his wife at the time as a marketing tool. I mean, mm-hmm. not bad. I mean, they use the, the singer from Smoking the Bandit to make the theme song. That, that's yeah. like that. Like, they leverage his stardom so much. For that roster, I mean, yeah, truly, I, I I love looking back at that old league. I think that's why people, when this new one started, there were actually a lot of folks from that were watching in the '80s that were a little abrasive about it because, a, it's bringing back a property that you know it had its time in the sun. Does it really need to be dragged out to be brought up again? And b, you know, you weren't going to get the same talent as the other one. You know, those salaries, the right. USFL. Funny enough, the USFL kind of influenced the NFL salaries we have today, how they exponentially grew. Mm -hmm. They weren't going to do it again. So now it's about being that diamond in the rough, non-competing NFL league. And people are like, well, that's not the same thing. I don't want to have a lower tier. I want it. If we're going to do it right, it has to be like NFL level. That's not what you're going to get. But I think people have warmed up to it. You know, in the last few months, that opinion has changed entirely. Um, there's a lot more confidence now in this than there was like maybe in December. I'll tell you. Yeah. So we're going to move on to the national arena league in just a second, but uh, what's your biggest hope for this season coming up for the USFL quality football and getting through year one. Those are the only two things Um, with any spring league. I'm going to be honest with you. First few weeks, they're going to be maybe a tad rough. That, yeah. That's how these work out. The idea, though, is if you get to the midpoint of the year, you get teams gelling, they get into playoff scenarios, and they start playing well, explosive types of football, just like how the XFL was going out of week five when we had some of our best games of that yeah. season. I mean, that legend, yeah. I'm going to say it's legendary, that LA Wildcats-Vipers game in Los oh, Angeles. Oh, my God, that was that, a great game. That was a precursor to what I thought was going to be an incredible last five weeks of the season, and we mm-hmm. got robbed of that. A lot of reasons due to, of course, 
pandemic issues that sprung up at that time. But yep. now, hopefully that doesn't be the case, you know, and financials, it definitely doesn't look the case. Uh, and that's just coming from Fox in general, even on earnings calls, they sound like they have funding and ready to go if needed for next two years, just have to find out the situations. Mm-hmm. So the football has to be quality to buy, to get people to buy in yep. um, it, by the end of the year is what I'm saying. Not the beginning. You, you can't assume it's going to be NFL quality right out of the gate. That's foolish. And if you, and I'm just selling that to people that keep doing this every time a new league's out, you have to wait it out a little, you know, right. That's that's simple as that. The other one, you know, get through year one recent memories here, AAF XFL for one reason or another, you know, different complete stories. They haven't gotten through year one public season alternative league and goes great. Another one out of the, out of the frying pan type of thing. that's just going to yeah. drop. You get to year two, and Daryl Johnston has said it the best, even on interviews via radio. We get to year two, that trust gets built, we look more legitimate, and we can go into that next year having a product and players that we can try and retain, especially with the XFL coming around the horizon. So get your full season in, crown a champion July 3rd in Canton, Ohio, and then start over anew back in April next year. All right. Now let's talk about the National Arena League. Obviously, again, I'm in Albany. I'm in the Albany, New York area, so I cover the Albany Empire on no credentials required. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but we're coming back this year with a, with uh, Iron Man rules this year. Yes, uh, we, lo- we lose one team. The Jersey flight go back to the American Arena League, but we gain San Antonio. And you know, from your impressions from seeing a lot of the players, a lot of movement within the league right now who i know you host your co-host of the inside the arena podcast uh inside the walls podcast there you go there you go <laughs> it's all right walls. it's all right like, uh which one was it? <laughs> it's kind of confusing but, you got inside the arena as well I, I get you i get you <laughs> okay so inside the walls podcast from and i've had a chance to listen to a couple a couple episodes recently from what you're seeing around with the movement of this league which teams do you think right now are playoff contenders who man um and i've had i've had this kind of change around a little bit or have to get re-perspective on myself because if i'm talking just pure talent sitting mm-hmm. there like who's on the roster um and even based on the usfl draft because there's a lot of guys that actually got draft that were lined up for the draft pool uh one of them was one of them funny enough to uh, Deshaun J- dixon from the predators he got drafted today so congrats mm-hmm. to him by the way um off the top of my head, it's Albany. I still have them as my number one. Now, this Solid is based, choice. <laughs> based on pure talent. And, and I actually, I side with the Empire. I love, like, Coach Manas, I, I love his attitude towards the thing. Dude has done mm-hmm. a great job with recruiting and getting talent back. The fact they got Darius Prince, and Prince really ripped the league on social media for the, for at least, you're going to go for the Iron Man switch back when it was announced. But things have changed. He's coming back. And, yeah. you know, so that's a great addition. Mike Faithful. He's a championship winning quarterback, was playing in Jacksonville. So you get a solid replacement, you know, not maybe Tommy Grady MVP level, but someone that's going to sling the rock and you're not going to see him making as much mistakes, you know. No. And, and and also the, for the fact that I mean, to interrupt you here. I know you're kind of yeah, on a sure. roll, but Mike Faithful had a year under Tommy Grady back in 2018 when the Empire mm-hmm. came back and we didn't have. And I remember the Empire not having a marquee quarterback back in those days because because of single en- single entity. We're like, OK, who's this Mike Faithful guy? I don't know who he is. He's a rookie quarterback, but who else can we possibly bring in? Because you get the soul having 
Dan Radabaugh. He's now the offensive coordinator for for the uh, Frisco Fighters in the right. IFL. Uh, you had uh, who was it in Baltimore at the time? Randy Hippard. Uh, yep, yeah, Randy Hippard. Yeah, Hippard. Yeah. Yep, and you had uh, the uh, Garcia, who unfortunately in his career because of the neck injury uh, in Washington. And like, who's going to play quarterback for Albany? And all of a sudden, like three days before, three days before the season starts, Tommy Grady gets brought in. So he, so Faithful got a a year under, uh, under Grady's tutelage. So he, having that tutelage of one of the, under one of the greatest arena quarterbacks of all time is obviously going to be a big advantage. And plus, you're turning to a market where you've already played. You know the fans' expectations, even though it's the national. It's a different league. National Arena League, you know their expectations, and you could you could thrive here, and you could thrive you could thrive in the system that they have put together, especially with a guy like Darius Prince as your as your primary receiver. Without a doubt, you know i i think I think Faithful was a good was a good choice to solidify that spot. You know, again, mm-hmm. you're not. I don't think you're elevating to like Tommy Grady, Mason Espinosa levels, where it's like you know any pass can go for a touchdown right out of the gate. But you get someone that has that capability with the offensive weapons that are around him now one thing that that i am trying to keep in mind here with these evaluations i still albany still to me based on just the roster they have still is number one however they only the specialists come into play this year especially on the offensive side so you know like Mm -hmm. Like last year, if I'm like, oh, look, Desmond Epps is on here. Now, you know, Antoine Grant's status is up in the air because supplemental draft for the USFL could come in place. But, you know, say he doesn't get drafted. He comes back. He's on there, too. Thing is, though, he now is a receiver linebacker. So he would be playing two ways. Prince isn't going to be playing two ways. We already there's no way unless unless for some reason Tom (laughs) Manas has some crazy scheme. There's no way he's doing it. I, I think um, if the, if the Empire go thirteen and zero, they're playing the fourteenth game of the year where they're winning up bi- when they're winning bit if they're winning big. I think that's the only time you see Darius Prince play defense. <laughs> to be honest with you, but yeah, I mean that that's it. I mean he, I mean could you know, arena? It's a little more constrained in the field. You, you and mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. I think with receivers, with tracking the ball goes into DBs at times. So you could, in theory, but nonetheless, Antoine Grant's listed as a linebacker receiver option yep. on the website. You know Desmond Epps. I was just saying, like great third, but um, hang on, I'm sorry, this guy's a slot receiver he would be having to play two ways. Yeah. That's when you start kind of going, Oh, wait a minute. This roster looks way different when you start looking at it with the new Ironman setup. Um, I mean, overall, Albany still has talent. It's going to come down to a lot of good time switches in these quarters, um, Mm -hmm. avoiding the dead man, bad, the dead man ball scenarios where guys are out for a half and you're going, Oh Jesus, this was a bad timing to pull this guy, you know? So they definitely have it in terms of talent. Um, if I'm looking at Iron Man, though, in like, if I'm looking and saying, okay, I see what's going on, don't underestimate, like, for example, the Predators. I know right. that they haven't impressed in terms of like name recognition. Because if I were doing like name recognition, I'd say like the Sharks have come out, have some good talents they've signed, the co- or even the Cobras, you know. But the mm-hmm. Predators, they're signing guys that are good for Iron Man football. Jeff Higgins very much no stranger to the Iron Man game. Actually, mm-hmm. you know, one at least one week one week of awards for being an Iron Man and player of the year, or Ford's Ford Tough Player of the Year, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Guy knows how to build a roster, knows what it takes to do an Iron Man roster. So I would say watch out for Carolina. And if I'm knowing Coach Gibson in Columbus, 
they might not get as many flashy explosive guys. They did get Mason Espinosa back. That was nice. Yep. That was a huge, not, that's a big deal. You know, a big they deal might not them. seem to quote unquote shed out as much money as some of these other teams, but Gibson knows that he gets the best out of his players. And trust me, he's going to be ready for Iron Man rules too. Very fascinating. Roster management will be way more important this year. The strategy is going to be accelerated so much more. It's not just fling the rock with your best guy and you're going to win. You have to have a healthy roster that can be turned over at the right moments, kind Mm -hmm. of in a similar way to hockey. Lines have to be switched over at the correct times. Otherwise, you might get a shift in momentum that will screw you for the rest of this contest that you're playing. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. The Iron Man rules. Do you do you think is it kind of like do you think do you think if they'll try for the one season and they'll reevaluate at the end of the season, or you think this is this it stays going forward? I I want to say that they're going to re that they should re. I don't know about my personal opinion is if it goes off well, like if mm-hmm. if we come in. You know, even with some of the rosters being drafted or picked up and signed more for the old way last year, say this goes really well. The football is kind of intriguing, even more intriguing to watch. They'll stick with it. Mm -hmm. Um, My understanding just uh, I have a few connections with some with some people that are are close to owners. And it sounded like it was pretty lopsided that they wanted to do Iron Man. So really? Interesting. Yeah, there were a few detractors, but it sounded like the majority wanted Iron Man. If it goes poorly in terms of like, you know, increased pay, because they have no salary cap this year, by the way, that's something right. they took off with the Iron Man rule. So, for yeah. example, if Costco out of the out of the out of the wazoo and, yeah. you know, it doesn't actually improve the football, maybe they reevaluate it. But if it goes well and maybe or if it just goes like status quo, I don't know if they change. You know, I, I think it, it would have to you might have to see a cl- total collapse possibly on the quality <laughs> of play. <laughs> And I, I kind of want to wonder if there is this going to be an increase in, in, in injury this year. Do you, I, I kind of wonder if they go back to the old system, if there's if, if there's a limited availability of players on both sides of the ball on both. I mean, especially on offensive and defensive line, that right. going to be one position to watch during the entire season. Yeah, line play is going to be crucial. Um, you're going to really have to see some guys that I don't know if you can say is beefy. Um, they need to be more <laughs> middle of the road where it's like mm-hmm. we can be speedy on the defensive end and beat these dudes, but we also have to be able to stand our ground. So I would say like, <laughs> I know you're not going to get this type of time, but like imagine an Aaron Donald, but he has to play two ways. That's right. the guy I'm looking at a, a speedster in the middle that can also, you know, be beefy enough to take up space to protect your quarterback. That's what you're mm-hmm. going to need. For this game, you can't lean on traditional linemen anymore and bring them in with a three line system. It's just not possible here. Um, but injury, yeah, those and injuries, you know, will be you'll, those will be monitored, you know, yeah. more fatigue, more stressors. You know, as long as people are getting shifted out, that's something I keep hearing is the the shift out like strategies will apparently mitigate that. Mm-hmm. We'll keep a close eye. If it doesn't, well, people are going to be detractors, and then we'll see how the end of the season goes with, uh, you know, league meetings. But until then, we're in it for the long haul. <laughs> April twenty third, we're going to get that first taste again. First time yep. since twenty thirteen. It's been that long since Iron Man's existed in this sport. Wow, wow. Now, a couple more questions, and then we'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you go on your way. All right. Uh, two two questions. So. Uh, we kind of address the evalu- reevaluation of the Iron Man at the end of the season. Next year, 
do you see the if if the Iron Man keeps going forward or de- depending on where how this goes forward, they go back to single platoon or they go to double platoon with the mm-hmm. Iron Man. Do you see the NAL expanding at all? Because I know last year we had we had we're supposed to have West Virginia. Their ownership's kind of eh, right now. Yeah, and we're yeah. supposed to have Ontario, California, but who knows if we're going to have teams go that far west especially if this one we want to keep it an east coast league uh other than those two teams is there going to be any kind of expand do you think there'll be any kind of expansion in the national and real league in 2023 right most of us say at this point ontario is all but dead i mean Mm -hmm. they've they haven't really been i mean they they've been dormant and that nothing's been said from them i i'm (laughs) um west virginia um the only re the main reason i'm i'm high on them uh, they were supposed to be in like the, the, they were supposed to be in this year. Thing is West Banco arena where they play uh, the main mm. tenant. There is actually the wheeling nailers in the ECHL. Yep. They were getting a new icing system built into the arena. That was scheduled construction during the spring and summer. Oh. So the, yeah, bad timing. And, bad, and horrible you know, timing. I talked, <laughs> I actually, I had a conversation uh, with Ron Tradico uh, a few months back on it. And basically, it's just that, you know, they had to move the construction. If they wanted to do a lopsided season where it was front home game loaded, they could have done it. But mm-hmm. I think they want it towards even teams. They come out with a marketing scheme and do it. It sounds like unless something goes wrong again, that you're going to see, uh, I think it's TRX3 or TRX3, whatever company owns and start started operations for Albany as well, the new iteration of oh, Albany. Oh, uh, Tech East. Uh, well, Tech Our, East is now it, but but basically Tech East is the ownership now. Yeah. But yeah, now they're they're the main. But basically, Ron and Nate Sterling and Starling, who are in multiple ownership groups as minority mm-hmm. owners, the yep. plan is they're supposed to try and get West Virginia going again. So okay. next year, it sounds like that's pretty likely, unless things go sideways. And then I'm there's rumblings that it's like Louisiana might be possible. You know, hmm. I'm not. I'm that's not a hundred percent yet. That's just like. You know how rumors are with indoor; they they go yeah. around. But Louisiana, it seems like that's the common one. Keeps showing up. And then, if we want to talk westward, San Antonio. I had a I had an interview with uh, Hector Garcia, who owns an op, who's one of the main owners in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. They want to, if they can establish themselves this year and be a consistent member, you know, he looks at them as the kind of the gateway to the West for the league. Okay. So, if San Antonio is pulled off well, which you know, that's a big, that still is a big if because people are going, why are you out that far west? You know, it's kind of like how people in the yeah. IFL look at Massachusetts and going, why are you out that far east? Um, well, they won the championship last year, so it doesn't really matter. Okay, well, no, no, no. Good quality <laughs> town. Travel costs. You know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I get it. If they establish themselves, they see themselves as being the westward expansion of the NAL. So here's to hoping that happens. Otherwise, I'm not hearing too much like how far west you can go. San Antonio's got to be got to prove they can stay around past a year, unlike New Jersey, and then right. we can start talking about that. All right, Zach, thank you for joining me on this on the, this episode of No Credentials Required. Where can people find you? I, I know you've got a myriad of projects going on uh, with pod <laughs> different podcasts and USFL. Tell the people where they can find you. All the projects you're doing, you have the floor. Go ahead and promote away. Well, thank you. As you can find on Twitter at at Zach Kyleman, my bio basically says I do too many podcasts, but I have fun <laughs> with I have fun with all of them. I'll I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, my main projects, 
Uh, right now, mainly focusing on the USFL podcast. That's what my buddy Stefan Raychuk over at USFL Newsroom. Go check them out at, at USFL Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, uh, well, eventually TikTok. We're also doing a YouTube channel that we have been kicking off really well. Go check them out, USFL Podcast, for that. Um, Inside the Walls, if you want any NAL content like we're talking there, that's our main one. That is at Pod. Again, at Inwalls Pod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we also are doing our first YouTube edition coming up this week. So we're going to be kicking that up for our first videos. Uh, that has a special guest you might want to tune in for. Finally, though, Gridiron Gallery. That's evolving into essentially a anything goes football show where we're talking any any sort of professional type of level of the game. Um, special player interviews is how we're going to be structuring along with coaches interviews and things like that. Uh, check that out at Grid Gallery Pod, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and also on YouTube at Gridiron Gallery Podcast. Zach Common, thanks very much for joining me on No Credentials Required. Appreciate you. Good to talk with you, Ryan. It's been a blast. All right. And welcome back. I want to thank Zach Common. Go check out his podcast. He does an excellent job with all of the material he does, whether it be National Arena League or USFL or even the European League. Check out his stuff. Go out and check out his stuff. His podcast does a really great job. So that's going to do it for another episode of No Credentials Required. Just want to remind you again about our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram. No Creds REQ. Facebook.com forward slash no creds req on YouTube. Search no credentials required. Hit subscribe. Hit notifications for new videos that come up. And if you want to support the show, go to bonfire.com. Search no credentials required. Buy yourself a couple. Buy yourself a t-shirt. We got a couple t-shirts available. Ladies wear. We've also got hoodies because it's still cold outside if you're in the uh, capital district area. I've been your host, Brian McCarthy. Thank you again for listening to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk about sports. We'll talk to you again next time. Music courtesy of Joseph McDade. Check him out and support his music at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on multiple podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker. No credentials required as a Belly Up Sports Podcast Network production in association with Godzilla Media. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. 
Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 